Welcome to Beyond the Gym, and thanks for tuning in. This is the alternative fitness forum for sharing ideas and experiences with personalities from all over the movement community. My name is Jordan Taves, aka the Posture Prince on social media, and I suffered chronic shoulder pain from the age of 15 to 25. It was alternative methods that allowed me to work my way towards pain-free movement with zero surgery, and I believe everybody deserves that same opportunity. It's time we took back control of our bodies. Let's dive in. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of BTG. This is going to be episode two, and it's going to be a quickie because I got to go to work soon. So two things I wanted to talk about, hypermobility and defining it, what it means, and like, you know, is it just double-jointedness, or is there like a deeper anatomical understanding that, that we can look at? And then also... Um, I'm trying to put on weight for the first time in like five or six years since I basically stopped weightlifting and started doing functional training, joint mobility and posture work and all that stuff. And then I'm going to try to connect the two because I, I do think that putting on some weight might actually help with my hypermobility. So, um, bendy people, we, uh, hypermobility, the difference between like mobility and flexibility would be that mobility is something that's, that I define as happening at the joints, and then flexibility is more like what's happening in, in the muscle tissue. So if I have a hypermobile shoulder, for example, the surrounding tissues are going to have to start um, kind of hyper-contracting and, and chronically just, just being um, in action to, to stabilize and grab the joint and keep it in place for me while I'm while my body's just like moving all over the place. I don't think that, I know that there's certain anatomical differences between a bendy person and a non, and that contributes to the overall like symptoms. But at the same time, I don't necessarily think that like a double jointed elbow, for example, a hypermobile elbow is like a genetic thing. I think it's like a reaction. I think it's the body trying to problem solve. So um, anatomical differences that we know of would be the parietal cortex, which is like a, it's, it's involved in, um, sensory, like somatosensory. So when we're trying to map out our body and feel things, we, it's smaller, it's smaller on a, on a bendy person generally. So like if I'm doing an exercise and I'm doing, um, let's say I'm, I'm doing a row and I try to get like to the, the optimal amount of shoulder extension, well, one inch of movement um, may feel like three inches of movement or like vice versa. So like it may feel like I just move three inches, but I only move one inch. We're just, because of that hypermobility, we, ha we can move a lot in some, some context and then in other areas, we, we, it's hard for us to move at all. And then our brain's just mixing it all up. So one piece of advice for you guys, if you're dealing with hypermobility, slow down on everything you do. Like there's certain exercises where it's hard to tell I'm even moving. It's like borderline isometric. That's why, because I'm trying to get control. You need, you really need to develop a high level of, of uh, mind to muscle connection, neurological connectivity so that you can start to feel things more accurately. That's also where like having a, a, a video phone comes in really handy because you can just um, record yourself constantly, which is what I do. 
your muscles in a lot of areas will be chronically contracted from trying to stabilize your wobbly joints. And so like growing up, I felt like I could move in a lot of different ways, but at the same time, I felt tight all the time. It was super weird. And I would feel fatigue constantly. And my endurance, um, I was a wrestler, and, and my endurance in a match was just like awful. And, and there, there was times where I would finish the match, and it would take me way, way longer than it should have to recover and bounce back and get like my, my uh, heart rate down and all that stuff. And I think that's kind of like something that contributed, um, apart from me being lazy, would be that like my body just, you know, movement was not as fun for me as it was for other people. And, and I still enjoyed the sport, but there was just like so much pain involved and, and it was everything was so exhausting. Um, also, I constantly got injured, so that sucked. So... The other like big anatomical difference would be the amygdala in the brain, which is your fear center. That's going to kind of, um, it's bigger. Like, you know, your parietal cortex is smaller, amygdala is bigger. It's your fear center, which means like we have a, a proclivity or an inclination towards like more anxiety, um, more, more parasympathetic response and just kind of um, having like constant high high energy thinking if that makes sense so like even in terms of not just your exercise but like also your thought process you just want to try to slow things down and like you know not be so reactive uh to your environment surroundings because then that'll establish some control hopefully and then life gets a little easier again this is just from my own experience you may not be uh dealing with any of these things but at the same time, it's, it's also helpful just for problem solving in general to think like, oh, okay, I might just be moving too fast. I might be thinking too fast. Slow it down. And that's pretty much it. The, they, the, there is a theory that like there's a genetic difference between the, the connective tissues and you know, our, the f connective tissues, fascia, so tendons and ligaments and things like that, and what they do uh, in response to, like, muscle action and joint movement is they transmit force across the joints. And on a, on a bendy person, on a hypermobile person, the tissues are a little bit looser, and so the force transmission is kind of sloppy. And that's what you'll see in a hypermobile person. If you look really closely, when they move, things are just kind of like, bleh. You know, kind of like hyperflaccid is the term that I used to hear a lot. So that's hypermobility. That's like kind of the gist of my understanding of it. And also, I don't think it's permanent. I think you can work on it. You can like develop, um, you can develop stability and control and all that stuff. I've met a lot of therapists who hypermobility is just like a, a gray area for them. It's, it's not something that they're, they're confident in um, correcting. It's something that I'm still working through myself, but I do believe you can work your way out of it, whether somebody's told you you're double-jointed, hypermobile, um, or bendy, or whatever. So that's all that stuff. In terms of nutrition, I've had some major paradigmatic shifts just like my exercise training style from weightlifting, powerlifting to um, functional gait training, locomotive, whatever. And 
with my nutrition when I was about 20 or 21, I went vegan and then I was vegan for like five years. And then I flip-flopped and went uh, animal-based carnivore and started, well, started more so carnivore. Like I tend to jump to extremes and then like sort of balance out. So I went from carnivore to more animal-based where I started including like fruit and honey and, um, well, that's pretty much it. I don't really eat vegetables. And, um, ever since I started the functional training thing, I've just been focused on pain relief, joint function, moving better, feeling better. Um, and it was, it was cool in a sense for like aesthetics. Like I started to see muscle that I had never seen before because I think the joints were starting to balance themselves out. So certain muscles that were in atrophy had a chance to like finally develop some, um, some strength or contract out potential. And then also, um, my, um, well, anyways, it doesn't matter. So I, I am trying now to use the animal based diet, um, and also gain weight with it without kind of doing too like, like cheating too much. And, and, um, for example, like, like rice is something that I might occasionally have or, um, uh, other random things that don't necessarily fit in the parameters of like an animal based diet, but it's expensive. So I'm just doing my best here. And so I wanted to show you guys kind of where I get a majority of my calories and I'll explain, um, why I think gaining weight will help with the hypermobility as I show you guys this stuff. So Dates. I love dates. I grew up eating a lot of Persian food and just being immersed in the co- culture. And dates are um, one of the most like calorically um, dense fruits, other than bananas. Those are like the main two, and they're both nice and cheap. So I eat, I have like ten bananas over there. I have two massive bags of these dates from Costco. They're organic, and it was only like eight bucks, I think, for a massive bag. Um, and then, so I kind of tend to eat the dates and bananas more at nighttime. I'll have like lighter fruits like berries and, um, kiwi and random stuff like that throughout the day, like intermittent, like, or or I'll have, I'll do like all animal protein and then I'll do all fruit and honey or fruit, honey and yogurt or something like that. And just flip flop back and forth throughout the day. This is beef tallow, which is like it's not fat from dairy, it's fat from the cow. So in my mind, it's like a different flavor of butter. It's really good, super nutritious. And I put it on all those different animal proteins that I have. Um, or I'll do ghee sometimes. Ghee's a little bit cheaper. Honey, all the time on my fruit. And then sometimes like I'll put it on eggs or meat. I know it's weird, but like it, it, when you're trying not to use much seasoning at all, it can actually add a good amount of flavor. And then um, for like a midday snack, chicharrones, I have tons of pork loins all over the place. And if you try and eat these on their own, you'll be, uh, you'll be getting real, like all dried up in the throat. So I get, uh, oh, I don't have it, big things of guacamole, or I just buy lots of avocados, mash them up and eat the, eat the loins with that. In terms of supplements, I got a beef protein isolate, and I don't think that this is all like the the healthiest options. I, I would normally never take supplements, but again, I'm trying to gain weight. 
on a budget. So I have beef protein isolate. This was 20 bucks. This was about 30 bucks. This is uh, collagen peptides. Um, and then one more, just like a very natural isolate way. Uh, it's only got like six or seven ingredients. So, and this was only 15 bucks for 30 servings. I ate tons of dried fruit. These are like strawberry flavored banana chips. Um, and then for extra protein, like legit bone broth, bone broth powder. I think the most important thing about gaining weight and diet in general actually is just that protein intake and hitting that. It sounds so cheesy because I used to be um, more so about the micronutrients mac, uh, than the, the macro, like getting your vitamins and minerals. But when you're consuming animal proteins, like those are more nutrient dense than plant foods. So like you are kind of covering a lot of your basis on the vitamins and minerals. Um, part of the reason I think that this could help with a hypermobile person is because I don't usually, I function more off of like 1,500 to 2,000 calories, and that's what I've done for years. And then like uh, I do think like I was doing kind of like a bit of an appetite suppressing with caffeine uh, because I'd rather be all buzzed and wired because I like to work a lot than um, just having that more like steady, slow energy from just eating. So like I'd go sometimes half a day without eating at all and just do coffee. And that's not good. So especially if you have a an enlarged fear center and you're operating on like stress and in your metabolism and you're kind of accentuating all the anxiety and all that stuff for somebody who's, you know, and, and I've never gone above like probably 12% body fat. So that is just not healthy. Um, I'm also doing raw, raw milk, raw dairy as much as I can. I've never had any issues with dairy, not even slightest stomach ache, nothing. Um, that's pretty much it. I'll randomly get some, like some of these like coconut chips because I don't think coconut's too horrible for you. Um, and the, so the other reason why I want to put on weight too is because I want to get back into uh, the wrestling room and feel like one of the things that, that made me kind of branch out from locomotive training was that like my lower body does feel really good, but when I go into something like a combat, a combat sport or grappling or whatever, my spine feels weak. And I could attune that to me not being back chain dominant enough or whatever the case, but I really believe that I need to like figure out more functional ways to, to load the spine passively and directly and um, start to deal with some of those, those congenital hypermobility symptoms that I, I grew up with. I really think it just has a lot to do with like excessive rotation in certain points of the spine. Remember that when your spine rotates past a certain point, it'll flex. So like all these things are contributing and I'm not getting the loads on my spine that I need from just like training locomotive stuff, lower body, all that. Um, so the, the, the kind of like general broad, more broad stroke concept here is that I'm trying to eat more to allow my body to realize that we're not starving. We're not, we don't need to go into a sympathetic, like nervous state. We don't need to, um, operate on stress basically. 
even if it's not as fun with the, with the, the coffee buzz and all that. Um, and eventually what I think will happen too is that like my, my movement patterns will start to change as I'm, as I like detox from caffeine and I'm not like, so like wired up. I literally think that like the way that I breathe, the way that I speak, uh, the way that I, um, just interact with my environment is going to, is going to be altered because again, like the gears are starting to slow down a little bit. And then also, um, I think that it's important to find like your optimal body, if that makes sense. Like not necessarily like where you feel like you need to look like, but, but what actually just feels the best. And at, at 150 to 155, which is where I've been at for years, I don't feel as strong as I could be. I don't feel um, as stable as I want to be. And so I'm hoping that with just getting more used to higher calories throughout the day and then um, adding in some, some like weights and some more strength training and, and things like that that are going to load the spine directly, I think I can start to clean up the last um, lingering symptoms of my hypermobility because it really has gotten so much better. And it's only when I'm moving at like really high speeds that I start to see it. Or if I'm like, you know, if I record myself and I have my shirt off, I can see little things here and there. But it is getting so much better. And that's why I want to try to perpetuate that by just eating all the time. Um, I think that's pretty much it. If you are kind of more curious about hypermobility and um, there's not a whole lot of information out there, but I'm doing, I'm doing a, a good amount of research myself. I'm, I'm finding good sources of, of information from like individuals who just dealt with hypermobility. And um, I listened to a podcast recently. It was called Yoga for Bendy People was the it was the episode title and then the actual podcast was called body talks i think so if you look up yoga for bendy people on spotify or apple music that should come up and that was what kind of gave me some of those like those the anatomical differences that we've been able to study and um you can kind of address it how you want i, I think the main thing is like slow everything down get the control and then start to slowly speed things back up um, at a pace where you can hold on to that control until eventually you just, you just move and, and you have that control established and it's not like such a conscious effort. I hope this helps you guys. If you have any questions, always feel free to DM me or, uh, drop a comment or, um, if you, a lot of you guys have my number, feel, feel free to reach out. I'll continue to, to bring up kind of like more personal, um, concepts that I'm working with within my own training and just try to apply them in a way where you guys can benefit from it. So thanks for tuning in and I look forward to uh, more episodes. Let's go.